there, this is Adrienne Lopez, the Integrative Awareness Coach, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 51 of the Lifting the Veil podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. Thanks for joining me today. Today, I wanted to talk to you about unity consciousness and what exactly that means and what's the benefit of it and, you know, what's the big hoopla around unity consciousness And I wanted to give you a container or a context for it and why exactly it is something that can be very freeing and opening and empowering for all of us. And for those of you that, you know, don't know me or maybe this is the first time you've heard my voice or listened to me, I just wanted to give you a little bit of background. I have spent about, well, over 30 years now studying consciousness to understand ultimately empower myself and then empower others, my clients, from self-defeating habits of mind, habitual ways of being, mental and emotional conditioning. And mostly I found this through my own process discovering how it worked in my consciousness and then sharing it with others and what I found is is because individual ways of thinking and behaving are most often identified and inhabited for so long that they begin to seem normal and they begin to seem like they're just who we are like a personality but this isn't necessarily true because awareness this consciousness and then being aware of this consciousness is the soil in which our entire life goes from and we are acculturated we are cultivated through our social conditioning most often unconsciously and there may be reasons for that and most people don't have the luxury often to take this time to really begin to observe their own mechanism and how their biology connects with their thoughts and their emotions and their spirit and so I've really taken this apart to understand how our hardware our brain and our nervous system interface with our software which is our beliefs and thoughts and feelings and or bodily sensations that come from the outside at first and then they get internalized as habitual ways of being and then we identify with this and we call it our personality but there's not necessarily a lot of choice in it when it's unconscious it's just a unconscious conditioned response and as uh what was his name that guy um he wrote the meaning of life victor frankel Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> I talked about the space between stimulus and response, and that true freedom is in that space where choice belongs, where choice is available. And so, um, this knowing can free you from your biological mechanisms that were designed to keep you safe, but not necessarily living your best life. And once you begin to understand this inner technology and how it works, you can begin to intentionally integrate all these different aspects of the forces that are often unconscious in the unconscious mind 
that are currently running your life. And then your authentic self can naturally begin to emerge and your full power becomes more accessible. Uh, It's sort of awakening process, so to speak, to complete your potential and your resting assets that are aligned beneath your waking consciousness. Now there's many different approaches to this. Mostly they've been relegated to the world of religion or spirituality, um, but they're really a part of health and well-being. And because this part of our lives has been categorized and disconnected from the whole, like a holistic view, that's where I got my name of of the services I provide as an integrative awareness coach because um, as I mentioned I think it was last week on a Facebook live I was talking about the metaphor of upstream and uh, the way the salmon um, every year go back to the exact inlet or river uh, they were born in order to produce their eggs and they have to swim upstream. They have to go against the current. And it might look crazy, like if you didn't know what was happening, what was going on. But that's just like the journey back home to ourselves. The current is culture. And we can be swept up in it and taken unless we decide to be the captain of our own ship and so what does this mean well uh, because of the intricacy of it and the nuance involved in the distinctions for example in yoga and and in many other traditions there's a there's a distinction between the physical body the emotional body, the mental body, and the spiritual body. And for most of us, we just think about the body as being a physical thing, a physical object that belongs to us, that we live in, and we try not to give it much thought unless it hurts or isn't as sick or ill. But uh, we also have like the back, the background, and this is the, the The foreground is our physical body, and the background, if we're talking in artist terms, is the consciousness that's observing our experience. But the consciousness is not always aware (laughs) of itself. So one really great tool that I use and I suggest to others is creating a regular meditation practice. And it doesn't have to be a traditional sitting practice like Vipassana or mindfulness. Um, but anything that allows you to start breaking up habitual patterns so that you can start creating the space between your regular conditioned ways of being and your awareness watching, watching the process of your life unfolding. And the reason is, is this is the space that Viktor Frankl talked about. That space between stimulus and response where you actually create some, uh, some, uh, 
surface area so you can choose your response instead of reacting. So all of these processes are in one way or the next bringing these all of these aspects of our consciousness into our awareness and this requires beginning with ourselves to bring ourselves out of this conditioning where freedom resides and the tricky thing about this is if you don't know you're not free then it doesn't matter right if you don't know that that you're restricted and into conditioned ways of being that you don't even notice that you're not free and so this is what the um, the Buddhists talked about the end of true liberation is the end of suffering because you're no longer unconscious of your relationship with life in the yogic traditions and the yoga sutras this was uh, what Patanjali called ignorance or ignoring the truth of who you are because of a lack of a awareness of your own dynamic consciousness and so this comes up uh, in many different ways people try to explain it and um, often miss the mark for example um, you know I was raised in a Christian tradition I was raised in uh, the Episcopalian Church I went to Bible school I went to Sunday school I had my first communion I had lots of different opportunities to educate myself about scripture but then as I grew older I came about it as more of an academic and began to study all world religions and in this way I found the Sufi tradition which is an offshoot of the um, of the Islamic traditions but it's more of uh, mysticism and the way that I define mysticism is that um, it is a lived tradition like the living experience of or the embodied experience of what it is to be in right relation to life some people might call this the embodiment of spirit or God fully embodied um, and for me this is fully embodied unity consciousness and the unity is that we no longer are separated from our physical emotional mental spiritual bodies they're no longer cut into categories um, concepts or ideas they're no longer a possession but actually they're not an idea to possess or accumulate. Um, it doesn't belong. Our ideas are no longer a way to possess ourselves, but to free ourselves. And as your consciousness becomes more and more refined, you have more and more ability to expand your perception. For many of us, our life force is so contracted that it 
when this happens and it's by wounding, right? Stuck, emotional, unprocessed emotions in our body that when they're touched, they bring up a lot of pain and so it keeps us contracted, um, living in fear, having our fight, flight, or freeze uh, mechanism constantly triggered by, say, example, watching the news, um, dulls our senses, um, has us try to protect ourselves from uh, what appears like a dangerous world out there. But in order to perceive unity, one has to perceive from unity. And many people have tried to do this through the mind or the ego. But it's impossible to use the mind or the ego to see outside of duality because it relies, it runs on a program of duality. And this is one of separation and isolation and competition and the whole host of lack oppositions where there's two opposing pairs or two um, items in a pair and they look to they appear to be opposing and one is usually more valued than the other one so there's always a sense of lack or not being present to the fullness of this moment and so uh, people have been using the wrong program and it's like you know trying to run an update um, an update for your server or your phone on an old rotary phone you know nothing's the matter with the phone it just can't run that program so it's not that the old phone is bad or wrong it's just like the mind is being asked to do a job it wasn't designed to do the old rotary phone um, couldn't receive updates like for example our from today so this is a shift in how we observe and view knowledge because knowledge through the ego or mind is one-dimensional or two-dimensional I should say because it's missing the ingredient of love and love is an I, um, a frequency or a vibration of being. And it's grounded in the present moment. It's the eternal now. And this might sound all airy fairy and like, what does that mean? But just like Einstein said, you know, time is an illusion. It's a, it's a mental construct that we created in order to create. We create this sensation of progression or linearity that we're going somewhere. But this is the kind of knowledge that the mystics know, knew, and know today. It's fully embodied, it's transfigured. You know, the body is transfigured into a vehicle of spirit because knowledge is no longer disconnected from the heart. So it's this total shift in perception that's real that happens when the mind is no longer trying to run the show all by itself and you begin to see um, not only vertically up and down but also horizontally so the whole landscape the foreground and the background become interconnected and you can see the different elements and how they operate um, the physical, the emotional, 
the mental and the spiritual bodies. And this is what uh, the mystics called when information becomes knowing, becomes gnosis or inner revelation. And you literally begin to see this luminous web of life. It's a dynamic field of interconnecting that's interconnecting us all. And this is the original internet, also known in Hindu tradition as Maya or Indrasnet. It's like we are virtual particles within a field. Each individual is part of a whole. And we it's, it's a particip, sorry, participatory field. And here we can dance and we can be here and we can be there with all others because we're not separate into what the mind has constructed. And so this shift in perception can appear miraculous um, because it's always, it's always available but when we keep running the old program of the mind or the mind disconnected from the heart, it's uh, not open to our perception. We can't see it. Um, but this web is holding us all like the, the womb of creation. And this is really the feminine aspect of creation, which has been um, excluded from a lot of our concepts of God, you know, for example, in Christianity, she was reduced to a spirit. And this isn't maybe not intentional, but um, it's disconnected from the body. You know, the spirit is not necessarily the body, but the spirit is embodied. That's what life is. And so, uh, Christianity has had um, difficulty and on some level has made a mockery of itself because it's tried to create and understand unity within the container of duality which is made by the mind. So it's not that this Christian message is wrong, um, maybe misinterpreted because through the mind things um, don't get the full perception of what's available. It's just that that message was, hasn't been lived by many who proclaim it. And that's the lie, right? If you will, as I mentioned, ignorance or ignoring or unable to perceive the truth through the intellect because it's not capable of doing that job by itself. And this is where the contemplative traditions have been really helpful for myself and for many, many other people. Um, that's what yoga was created for. Those ancient rishis knew that uh, we had to learn how to self-regulate our nervous system through breaking up mental patterns that are stored in our body at a cellular level uh, to get the mind uh, into the heart. And this is an energetic field of reality, which um, Jesus tried to communicate, he saw it, and he transcended it, but the message got a little skewed, and uh, one of my hobbies and interests is studying and learning about the original Aramaic in which Jesus spoke, and the way meaning can be suggested or lost in transition, 
which is very powerful because a lot of people translate, um, you know, I am, I am the life, I am the truth, and I am the way. Believe in me also can be tra- translated believe as me. And so the living truth is actually a way of being that he represented to us. Not necessarily him as a identity or a personality. And and this can be um, the thing, the mental concept that keeps people away from their own heart, away from their own lived experience, their own power, their own authority. And there's a lot of grief around that, feeling misunderstood and excluded, a lot of wounds around religion and the church and God, um, all because uh, of either, you know, intentional or unintentional translation that gives the power uh, to what's outside of us. And I don't think that, that that's the message of religion at all. But that's what happens when a religion is appropriated by colonialism or imperialism. Um, it's used for a political purpose, not necessarily a spiritual one. And so we're taught to to live our life based on a belief, not necessarily a living knowledge or embodied experience. For example, the sacrament is based on knowing true embodied essence of God as self, symbolized with the metaphor of the body and the blood. But a lot of this is taken literally. The metaphor is missing because um, this is a metaphor for having spirit embodied in, in our flesh, this inner knowing. And if we don't have that, if we're divided, it's the, uh, because the ego is not in the, in the heart, divides people in duality. And this is the lie, this is the hell, this is the death. But when we slowly guide the mind, return it home to the heart, our point of perception, as I mentioned, shifts. And what becomes possible what we see possible shifts and this is challenging for many people because they've gotten so identified with a certain belief whether it's true or not and like if you can get someone to believe something doesn't matter if it's true sorry there seems to be a, a loud motorcycle driving by right now so, um, I have been a student of world religion and philosophy and all sorts of wisdom traditions because I wanted to know for myself, you know, it didn't feel true, it didn't resonate in, until it was my lived journey, like it, it was in my body. And I was amazed when I began to look around and discover that the Trinity is found in all traditions. 
and this basis of creation this like idea that christ is the light the truth and the way representing the one principle but he is not the only representation that contains or communicates this principle and there's the rub the principle is the equation of life and it has had many names and has been told and retold in many traditions and there's god consciousness and the word god has had so many negative connotations connected to it that a lot of times when people hear it their nervous system just flinches because of the abuse and the violence done in the name of god so i like to call it source or creator consciousness is the quanta or the quanta field when the mind is united with the heart of the masculine united with the feminine internally these two energies and then one is made whole and this is found in many religions and contained conceptually in culture which of course source and creator is not limited to and this is also the case with science and religion they're not so different they just have different vocabularies and in my view um christ consciousness is love or or unity consciousness because it sees all possibilities and love is light information or sound vibration um as in the beginning was the word or om it's that sound that allowed source consciousness which created duality to experience itself to have an experience of itself in different forms and shapes and so this is the more accurate view of what the day uh made a metaphor as god's word literally god's word was made manifest and the only way that jesus could accept his post as a christ consciousness and it's the only way that any of us can accept our post in the christ consciousness is going through unconditional love which means releasing all illusion of the identification of the self with division comparison that is the thinking mind the ego which is divided believing that is the primary truth that duality is the primary truth when the source or the creator behind all of that the consciousness observing all of that in us is the truth and so um gosh you could write a whole book on this topic and maybe I will one day but I think I'll leave it there for now um that was on my heart to share with you today um I've had lots of opportunities to observe this from different experiences in my life learning how to be in this unity consciousness for myself and then how to share it with others from a neutral position right a lot so many people are charged around have charge emotional charge woundedness um around god around consciousness around power around authority um because it's been so misinterpreted so misused uh 
And so my job <laughs> as a coach is to empower people um, so that they can find freedom and liberation and learn, discover the miraculous uh, construction and architecture of their nervous system, their mind, how that's related to consciousness, the physical body, the emotional imprint that we have impressed upon us, that we create patterns in our life that although they feel familiar can also be very painful and limiting. So if you would like to find out more about my work and how I might be able to help you make some some key shifts in your life, you can check out my website at www.mytart-space.com. And on my homepage, I have a calendar link you can click on and you can schedule a free 15-minute clarity call and we can talk about any challenges that you might be facing and uh, anyway I might be able to support you in um, making some transitions and some shifts that you're longing for in your heart all right until next time please remember what a valuable treasure you are and bye for now Thank you.